At this time, KCICFM invites you to join us for our weekly live broadcast of Pear Park Baptist Church. Let's take our Bibles and go to the book of uh, Canticles. How about Song of Solomon? Song of Solomon, chapter 3. We've been looking at this book. I believe it sure is. I, I don't know how you can look at the book with not see, uh, as you see the bride and the groom here, not see a, a picture of Christ as the groom and, and his bride. And there are some things that are hard to explain if you don't do that, but um, I realize there's different interpretations. We've seen so far, we've seen this appeal for Christ where she wants him to draw her to him. Um, we've seen her adoration of Christ in chapter 1, verses 5 through chapter 2, verse 7. Last time, I, I really liked the section in chapter 2, verses 8 through 17, the anticipation of Christ. And now we are in chapter 3 and verses 1 through 5, the ambition for Christ. And um, let's take a look here. I'll read it for us. It's only a few verses, five verses. Song of Solomon, chapter 3, verse 1. By night on my bed I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. I will rise now and go about the city in the streets and in the broadways. I will seek him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. The watchmen that go about the city found me to whom I said, Saw ye him whom my soul loveth? It was but a little that I passed from them, but I found him whom my soul loveth. I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that, had con that conceived me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that you stir not up nor wake love till it please or till he please. Let's pray. Father, thank you. I pray that you would just stir our hearts tonight uh, with love for you. And uh, we pray that you would just use your word and your Holy Spirit as we consider these things. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Her pursuit, verses 1 through the first part of verse 4. Her purpose, at the end of verse 4, I would not let him go. And finally, her patience in verse 5. So let's talk about the bride's pursuit of her groom. You see her longing in verse 3. A lot of commentators mention that it appears that she's dreaming. Um, and you have another passage like this a little later. But uh, whether that is not or so, I don't, I don't know. But uh, you see... She is, is at night, she's on her bed, and she sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. The season, I think, is significant. It's nighttime. And um, I think of Judas Iscariot when he was filled with Satan and possessed. And the Bible says in the book of John, chapter 13, verse 30, and it was night. Um, nighttime brings difficulties. Uh, it was at night when Joseph... Uh, got the, the vision or the dream from God that he was to flee from um, the murderous um, intents of Herod who wanted to kill the Christ child. And he got up that very night. I can imagine what the neighbors, you know, where, where did, where's Mary and Joseph? Where's, and their new baby, where, where did they go? They were just gone in the middle of the night. They vanished. And Joseph got up that evening uh, that night from bed, and he took his, his wife and the child, the Christ child, and fled to Egypt. But uh, the nighttime 
is a time of is it was a time of you know the the intention to slay Christ. Um, it's a time of struggling. I think of the people of Israel, or the the disciples, when they're out on the boat after the feeding of the five thousand, and there's there's it's night. It's in the fourth watch, and they're 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 struggling and toiling against the waves, and it's then in the middle of the night, in the middle of their struggles, that Christ comes to them. I think of Luke chapter 5, when uh, they, they had fished all night at the beginning before they began to follow the Lord seriously. They'd fished all night and caught nothing. And again, they toiled. They, they were weary and exhausted. And uh, that's nighttime. I don't know about you, but boy, about this time, it just kind of sinks in. I, I, have, I, have, I have sympathy for you. Um, it's a time of stumbling. It was night when, and uh, what the Lord said that Peter would betray him, and three deny, did not betray him, deny him three times. And it was nighttime. Um, in the book of Romans, chapter thirteen and verse twelve, it says this about the nighttime. It's not only a time of Satan and stumbling and struggling and the slaying of Christ, but it's a time of sin. It says in Romans chapter 13, verse 12, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. And uh, let's walk honorably as in the day. And it goes through and lists some different sins. Let's put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's, let's not be people of the night and people of darkness as it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 where it, it shows the contrast Again, just like it does in Romans, when it says in Romans 5, 7, For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunk are drunken in the night. So let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. So here it is, it's night. And she's thinking about her, her groom. And, um, and here we are. It's night. And I'm not talking about Wednesday night. I'm talking about the, the time in our history as we wait for our Savior, it, it's night, it's dark, it's a time of struggle, it's a time of sin, it's a time where Satan seems so powerful. And you look here in the passage of Scripture, she says, I, by night on my bed I sought him, and it's a time for us to seek him, whom my soul loveth. And uh, you see her soul here four times in every verse, one, two, three, and four, not verse five, but these first four verses it talks about uh, in the passage of Scripture, whom I, I believe it says in verse 1, whom my soul loveth. Verse 2, whom my soul loveth. Uh, maybe you, saw ye him, verse 3, whom my soul loveth. And uh, in the middle of verse 4, I found him whom my soul loveth. What's the greatest command? Love the Lord. What should be the first love? Love the Lord. Um, what's a husband to do to the bride? He's to love love her, and later in Titus, she's to love him. And we're not to love the world, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. We're to love him. He ought to be the first love. And so you see her soul here, lo loving the Lord, but her, her, her searching. It says in the passage of Scripture, I sought him in verse 1. Um, and then, whom my soul loveth, I sought him, but I found him not. There's a desperation twice. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for him. I, I was looking for him but I didn't find him. And to have that kind of desperation, 
Um, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let's, let's seek the Lord. Let's have that kind of desperation for the Lord. And what a discouragement when, when she, she says, I found him not. Uh, what a disappointment to, to look for him and not find him. Have you ever looked for him and not find him? Have you ever been so distracted with either sin and the life or, or just the distractions and the cares of this life? When, when you come to the word of God, you, you don't find him. When you go to him in prayer, he's not there. Something's, there's some kind of barrier. Oh, that we would, we would be able to find him when we seek him. And we can't. We can. If we search for him with all our hearts, we'll find him. And so you see her, her longing for him in verse 1, her looking for him in verse 2. It says in verse 2, I will rise now and go about the city in the streets. Um, she's not going to lay there on her bed. She's going to get up and start looking for him. She's not going to just be passive about this thing. She, she has to find him. We have to find him. We can't just be passive about the thing. We, we have to get up and move. Um, I like the song, and it came to mind here in the passage of Scripture, I will rise now, and uh, I think of uh, come ye sinners, poor needy, weak and wounded, sick and sore. Jesus ready stands to save you, full of pity, love, and power. And then the chorus, I will arise and go to Jesus. He will embrace me in his arms. In the arms of my dear Savior, oh, there are ten thousand charms. And that's, I think, comes right out of this passage here, that song, to rise and go to Jesus. And look where she seeks him. It says in verse 2, I will rise now and go about the city and the streets and in the broad ways. It didn't have to say the broadways, but, but out there in those public places, out on the broadways, she's looking for him. And it's just fascinating to me in the book of Matthew, and you're probably thinking it too. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Enter in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in there and Because straight, narrow is the gate, and, and narrow is the way which leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. It's a narrow way. I was, I was going to check on Dad the day in the nursing home, and, and Renata's in there, and she's one of the ladies that kind of deals with things, and, um, and uh, uh, I think she needs to be saved, but, so I, I keep working little things with there and trying to be a witness, but um, she has given me Bibles before. I says, hey, here's a bunch of New Testaments, you know, that somebody left us here, and, and you know, the f residents can't read them because of writing students. Can you use them? And she gives me a pile of New, De New Testaments. So I was just sitting there and, and visiting with Dad, and, and, uh, and she came out, and she had two Bibles in her hand. She says, she says I, Pastor Dad, I got a couple more Bibles. I said, man, um, you're, you give more Bibles away than anybody I know. I just kind of smiled at her, and uh, she ignored that. And then she says, oh, I got these two. Can you look at them? And I looked at it. It says New World Translation on the front of both of them. I said, Renata, these are JW Bibles. They're Jehovah Witness Bibles. She said, um, is, is that a problem? I said, oh, yeah, 
because they have, they have taken away, the, they, they've changed them. It's not what the real Bible says. And she opened the flyleaf. She said, oh, yeah, he was a JW. He was a Jehovah Witness, this fellow that had, had the Bible and had passed away. And, uh, but, you know, th- there's a broad way out there. And there's a lot of different teachings. But that's not where you're going to find Christ. If you're going to find the Christ of the Bible, he is the Son of God. And uh, it is a very narrow truth. You can't, you can't hedge on that one. And here she is. She's out about now in the cities and the broad ways. I will seek him whom my soul loveth. Um, I sought him, but I found him not. You're not going to find him out in the broad ways. You're going to find him in the narrow passages of the word of God. That's where you find him. And uh, this world doesn't know him. And she found him not. Matter of fact, the world hates him without cause. Um, uh, Jesus said in John 14, 17, this about knowing him. In John 14, I'm sorry, verse 16 and 17. It says, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. The world doesn't know him. And she's out in the broad streets looking for him. She's not going to find him there. And the Bible says in the passage of Scripture in verse 3, it says, The watchmen that go about the city found me, um, to whom I said, Saw ye him whom my soul loveth? So the watchmen of the city, again, I take this as a, this is one of the things that are, that's really hard to explain if you don't see Christ in, in Song of Solomon. Because later in chapter 5 and verse 7, these same watchmen of the city, the watchmen that went about the city found me, they find her again and they smote her and they wounded her and the keepers of the wall took away my veil from me. Well, that would be very unusual for them to do that if this is Solomon's fiance, if you will. Uh, that wouldn't be happening. But so there's something more to Solomon, Song of Solomon, than just a love story between Solomon and one of his one of his wives. This is our, our, um, our perspective wives. I believe it's a picture of Christ here. The watchmen that go about the city, they found me to whom I, I said, "Saw ye him whom my soul loveth." Notice the answer. They have no answer. There is no answer. The world has no answer. And now I'm preaching in between the lines here. But um, they have nothing to say about Christ. Uh, They don't know where to find him. Um, So it's interesting here. Verse 4, it was but a little that I passed from them, but I found him <laughs> whom my soul loveth. Uh, once I passed from them, I just had to go a little way, and there he was. The watchmen of the city didn't have him. They didn't know where he was, but, but I found him as soon as I got past them and, and moved on. He wasn't out in the broadways of the city. He wasn't with the watchmen, but I... But he wasn't too hard to find, just a little farther, and there he was. 
And like it says in the book of Acts chapter 17 and verse 27, when Paul is preaching there to the people of Athens, and he says to them, these people who are just pagan and involved in all kinds of religion, he says that they should seek the Lord, if haply they may feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. He's, he's not far away. And you'll seek him and find him if you search for him with all your heart. Matter of fact, he's pretty easy to find. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord. And, and he, he will find mercy. And to our God... Uh, for he will abundantly pardon. It's just right there. If a person will just really just turn the corner and come to him. And uh, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So just a little farther. And she found him who my soul loveth. And that brings us, that's all part of her pursuit, looking for him. And now you see her purpose. Um, I found him, verse 4, whom my soul loveth. Uh, I held him and would not let him go. Wow, those are great words, aren't they? That's kind of like the ones, those are, those are some standout words. And there's been, this is now, the, to, to me, this is the third, the third set of standout words. The first was in chapter 1, verse 4. Draw me. Lord, just draw me to you. The next one that I just love was back in chapter um, Two in verse sixteen, my beloved is mine, and I'm his. He is his. He is, I. I am his, and he is mine. I love the song, and there's songs that have included these words too. As a matter of fact, they 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 join up with the words that are in Genesis chapter thirty-two and verse twenty-six when Jacob was, you know, his brothers out to kill him, and uh, he uh, wrestles with the the angel of the Lord that night. All night he wrestles with the angel. And the angel of the Lord says, uh, let me go, the day breaketh. And Jacob says in Genesis chapter 32 and verse 26, let's see if I can find it here, trying to talk and, and look. He said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Lord, I'm not going to let go of you. Uh, he, he has us and he intercedes for us to the uttermost. Because he ever lives. And Paul says he's apprehended me and I, I want to apprehend him. I, I do not want to let him go. The idea of letting go means to just kind of sink, relax, slacken, forsake. For we have need of patience. We need to hang on. And, and by his grace, we need to just not let him go. Not become weary in well-doing not become tired of seeking him? Would we want, how, how does that work? That we would get tired of the Savior who we're going to spend all eternity with. Um, we need him. I, will, I, I held him and would not let him go. And I think of the disciples um, after the resurrection, there he was. Boy, they grabbed a hold of him, man. They, they hung on to his feet. Um, they didn't want him to go. That we would have the same spirit, the same heart. You see her delight. 
Um, it says at the end of verse 4, until I, had, I would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house into the chamber of her that conceived me. And there's a lot of different commentators. They try to, try to kind of smooth over this. But um, uh, like one commentator put, and I, I would agree with it, this is, this is probably only in the Bible would you have something as erotic but as moral as this passage of Scripture in the same passage. And what I see in the passage of Scripture is the, the intimacy with Christ to be in his presence, to be with him. And uh, we are waiting for the trump. We're waiting for him to, to call, come up hither. We are waiting, like he said in that a passage that alludes to the marriage ceremony, the Jewish wedding ceremony in John, John 14, verses 1 through 3. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. The groom coming back for the bride so that she can be with him, and they are together. Uh, what, a, what a wonderful thing. What a sweet time. Um, do you remember when you first got married? You know, I, for me, my wife was, uh, she was half the year uh, down in Farmington, and then, and she was earning money, so she'd go back and finish her last semester of college. And then second semester of college, uh, from January to May, she was, back, uh, she was back at college doing the school. So for that whole year of engagement, we, we just didn't have a whole lot of time with each other. And man, when the wedding came, oh, how exciting. We can finally just be together. And, uh, and I think of Christ. Uh, I will not let him go. I, I want to be with him for all eternity. And uh, Brother Madison read the passage in Psalm 16, in verse 11, that thou wilt not leave my soul, 10 and 11, thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither will I suffer thy holy one to, to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. And I've told you about Mrs. Sullivan. I was doing door-to-door, -door, knocking door-to-door. -door. Came across this lady, and uh, she was open to me coming back with my wife and giving her the gospel. So I, my wife and I went back. We sat in the living room and went through the gospel with her, and she let us go all the way through. And I asked her if she was, would like to accept Christ as her Savior, and her response was, no, I don't want to sit around on a cloud for all eternity and play a harp. And she really stumped me. And I thought, to, in my heart, I thought, Lord, help me. What can I answer her? And I, I just took my, my New Testament and opened it. And there was this verse that was right in front of me. And I took it providentially. I said, well, I said, Mrs. Sullivan... God says, thou wilt show me the path of life, and in his presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And I just thank God that he gave that answer. I'll never, I just won't forget that. That's such a precious thing, to, be, to have that intimacy with Christ, to be with him for, forever. There are more passages. Another one is, a, 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 is Psalm, Psalm 84, to, to longing after the tabernacles of the Lord. But let's move on. Let's go down to verse uh, 5. So you see the bride's patience now, and it gets very practical here. Um, after such an intimate verse in verse 4, uh, her expressing her desires, 
She then turns and says to the daughters of Jerusalem, she says, I charge you, O you daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and the hinds of the field, that you stir not up nor awake love till it please, is the idea there. Till it's the right time. Don't stir up the passions and all of these things until it's the right time. And she's going to give this charge throughout the book. You saw it back in chapter 2, verse 7. And it's a caution for moral purity. So even though she's expressing, even though we see the bride expressing these intimate words in verse 4, yet you see her morality that is in practice that she does. And we're going to see more of this out of her as we get through the book. But there's a restraint. Um, there's this requirement. There's this reason that she gives. I charge you. It's a, it's a command. It's a counsel. It's, a, it's, it's a, something that is to be done. Marriage is honorable and all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it's the will of God, our sanctification, that we should abstain from fornication. That everyone should know how to possess. That word possess is an interesting word because it can go both ways. Either the idea of taking care of your own body or taking care of your, your, your future spouse and protecting their purity. That you acquire your vessel, your, your spouse, in sanctification and honor. In other words, you go through the courtship period, the dating period, in purity, not in the lust of concupiscence, or the lust of craving and passion, even as the Gentiles, which know not God. That's the way the Gentiles are, but it's not to be the way the believers are. That no man go beyond and defraud his brother in, in, in the matter, in any matter. In other words, you don't cheat somebody out of their purity. Hey, young people, you keep yourself pure. You don't cheat people out of their purity. Marriage is honorable. But if you, don't, if you don't have the rights that belong in marriage, you have no business. And uh, you should keep your hands to yourself. For God has not called it to uncleanness or impurity, but to holiness. We're to be different. He, therefore, that despiseth, you don't like this? You're not despising man. You're not despising me. You're despising God, who's given us his Holy Spirit. And so... These are the same kind of things, the exhortations that we're getting here in chapter of Song of Solomon, chapter 3 and verse 5. Flee also youthful us. Treat the younger sisters with all purity. It's good for a man not to touch a woman, nevertheless to avoid fornication. Let every man have his own wife, every woman have her own husband. Um, Paul talked about the Corinthians. He says, I want to present you to Christ as a chaste virgin. And there is, this, there is this waiting, this patience, and uh, there's the right time for things. As a matter of fact, if you turn back in just a, a couple pages to Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 5, I'm sorry, yeah, verse 8, chapter 8, verse 5 of Ecclesiastes, whosoever keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil, and a wise man's heart discerneth both time and and judgment. A wise person knows the right time for something and, the, and, and makes the right decisions about it. And when it comes to this issue of, of physical involvement with somebody else, 
there's a right time, it's marriage. And there's a right, right way to go about things, and it's in, in purity, like Thessalonians describes. Because to every purpose, there's a time and a judgment. Because people don't acknowledge this, therefore the misery of man is great upon him. There's been a lot of guilty people that are going to have to answer for God and answer to other people because they have defrauded and they have defiled. And so, back in our text, it says this. I charge you, O ye daughters, by the roes and the hinds of the field. The, the, a hind is a deer. And a roe is like a gazelle. But an interesting thing with the word roe here, it's the same word for beauty. In other words, to just put it this way, it's a beautiful thing to be pure and to keep yourself pure for your wedding day. And for the bride of Christ... He, he washes her and cleanses her with the, with the word of God, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 26 and 27, that he might present her to himself spotless, blameless. That's the kind of groom Christ is. And, and yes, we would like to be in his presence, but we're waiting and we're patient. And we're waiting for his pleasure, his timing. And then we'll hear the trumpet and be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Father, thank you for your word. Help us, God, to love you more. God, to seek you more. To find you and not let you go. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for our weekly live broadcast from Para Park Baptist Church. We pray the service was a blessing to all our listeners. Our earnest prayer is that you personally have trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Romans 6 and verse 23 tells us the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Romans 10:13 tells us, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you'd like to trust Christ, you must first believe that you're a sinner, deserving of God's judgment, and that Christ died to pay God's penalty for your sin, and that he rose again from the dead then you may right now pray. And according to Romans 10.13, call upon God and ask for salvation through Jesus Christ. If you've made a decision to trust Christ, let us know. The number of the offices at Fair Park Baptist Church is 434-4113. Someone's generally available to take calls during regular weekday business hours. In addition, the best means to spiritual help and growth is through faithful attendance at a Bible-believing church. We would encourage you to be at the very next service of Pear Park Baptist Church. Our weekly prayer meeting and Bible study is at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Sunday schools at 10 o'clock a.m. Sunday mornings with the worship service at 11 and at 6.30 p.m. the evening service. Pear Park Baptist Church is a fundamental Bible-preaching and Bible-believing church located here in Grand Junction at 3102 E Road. And once again, we appreciate your joining us for this live broadcast of Pear Park Baptist Church.